Hi, this is Daniela Wolf with Bestie Life, the podcast, and this is your community to support you through the little and not so little events that make up your day-to-day life. From the I've got this moments to the Ugh, I just can't moments, we are here to empower all women to find and develop the skills they need to find peace, balance, and the bliss in their busy through solo episodes as well as interviews with amazing women who share their journey and their story and how it works for you. I hope you find the inspirations to make you laugh, think, as well as maybe rethink what you thought you knew and connect as we realize that we are all living similar ups and downs and don't have to do it alone. So excited for you to hear this episode and thanks so much for joining me today. Hi, this is Daniela with Bestie Life, the podcast, and today I am excited for you to meet Jen Drummond. She is a mom of seven. I know, take a pause on that one. She's a successful business owner and a world record holder as the first woman to climb the second highest summits on each of the seven continents. I think I said that right. And you now spend your time inspiring other women to create a thriving business and lasting legacy of your own. Um, You share your story of how you went through a very serious accident and a lot of things that I know we're going to get to that. And you now have a book coming out called Quit Proof, Seven Strategies to Build Resilience and Achieve Your Life Goals. She also has her own podcast, the Seek Your Summit podcast. So I'm, I'm just so excited to dive right in. Thank you so much, Jen, for joining me today. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here. So thank you for giving me time on your show. So tell us a little bit about your your backstory, what led you to the business you have, as well as the world record holder of climbing all these mountains. Was that all connected or I I just got to know? I call them like life 2.0. It's been like the latest version, right? So we go through these different things or seasons of who we are and what we're doing. Um, When I first graduated from college, I took a job in finance and worked as a financial advisor. Then I hired, like I figured out how that works. I'm like, okay, well, I want to have kids and I wanted to be a stay at home mom. So mm-hmm. I started hiring myself out of a position and started to be a stay at home mom. My kids got into school. All of a sudden I was kind of lost. Like, what do I do? They're gone and I'm here. And I wanted to take on something else, but I didn't know how. So I just told myself, I'm like, okay, I'm going to wait. Until they get to college and then I'll start doing me again. But right now, this is just the season that I'm in, which wasn't really helping any of us. But I sold myself that that was the thing we do as mothers. Mm-hmm. Luckily for me, I got into a car accident in 2018. So that I can say that lucky because I I'm say, alive. What a way to frame it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm alive right now. So um, I was coming home from a nearby town. I got hit by a semi truck. I went end over end three times and then started rolling sideways and ended up upside down in the median. Um, Holy cow. I know it was great. I mean, crazy situation. And I like someone came and then the ambulance came and they took me to the hospital and checked me over and I was released from the hospital maybe four or five hours later after they ran a bunch of tests. And I'm like, what a miracle. Holy cow. (laughs) Yeah. A hundred percent. Like I literally got a phone call from the police station, maybe three or four weeks after the accident, just asking me some more questions because they were trying to rebuild the scenario Mm -hmm. to see how they could make that area safer. Like we haven't rebuilt a scenario where you live, let alone walk away. 
Like just right. letting you know this. And I'm like, wow. Um, and the timing of that accident was interesting because a few weeks after that call, a friend of mine was running on a trail that you and I would push a stroller on. Mm-hmm. She slipped, hit her head, never came home. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it's like just weird. Like how do I survive this crazy accident? She's doing something healthy and it's no longer here. And I came to the conclusion that I don't get to choose when I die, but Mm -hmm. I sure get to choose how I live. And I need to start making choices of living because if that would have been my last day, like a couple months prior, there were so many things I wish I would have done or Mm -hmm. seen, or tried, or given myself permission to do. So I sat down with my kids. I'm like, listen, I love you guys to death. I like, you're my favorite thing, but I need to start doing things that get me excited again. And so Mm -hmm. we're going to need to figure out how mom does mom and mom does Jen, right? Like mom needs a little more Jen in her life. And so we like 2019 was a year of just Like, who am I? Why was I saved? What's my purpose? I started making bucket lists of all the things I wanted to do and see in this world. Um, And one of the things that stood out on my list was climb a mountain. I live in Park City, so I'm in mountain (laughs) ranges all the time. And I climbed the Grand Teton before, and I loved that experience. I'm like, I'm going to do that again. I want to climb a bigger mountain next time. And my 40th birthday was coming up in 2020. So I decided, you know what? I'm going to climb a mountain for my 40th birthday to launch that decade and say, here I am. And this is what we're doing. And so I asked friends that were in the mountaineering community, like, hey, if you could pick one mountain in the whole world, what one would it be? And a few people came back with the name of Ama de Blom. Hmm. So Ama de Blom is located in Nepal. It's in the Himalayas. It's a 7,000 meter peak. So not quite as crazy as 8,000 meter peaks. It is a combination of all things. It meant the mother's necklace. Ooh. People listening, if you've seen the Paramount Pictures logo, then you've seen Ama de Blom. Oh my gosh, I never logo. knew that was it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to do that. Mother's necklace, seven kids. Like this sounds perfect. Right. And so I'm training for Ama. And like all of us, 2020 gave us a little bit different card than what we thought. And I became a homeschool teacher to seven (laughs) children because COVID entered the scene and disrupted all of our travel plans and things. So here I am a homeschool teacher. One of my kids is struggling with his math homework. I'm like, listen, buddy, we do hard things. You've got this. I'm trying to give him the pep talk. He looks at me and he goes, if we do hard things, why are you climbing a mountain called I'm a dumb blonde instead of a mural mountain like Mount Everest? I said, (laughs) oh my God. Sublam, honey, not I'm a dumb blonde. I'm oh my God. Sublam. Like kids, right? Like, come on. I think so, that needs to be a bumper sticker. <laughs> right? Right. Mom climbed Everest because her son. Yeah. So then he finished his homework. We looked at Everest. He went to bed, thought about Everest a little bit more. And I'm like, you know what? Why not? Why not mm-hmm. Everest? If he thinks this is like the biggest thing in the whole world, then I'm going to climb it and show him that whatever our Everest is, we can climb it. Like, it's fine. Like, that's part of our journey. So I hired a coach and the coach was training me for Everest and Amma de Blom. And he told me to buy this mountaineering book so that I could become a better uphill athlete. And in the front of this book was a lady who got a Guinness World Record for skiing across the Alps or doing something in the Alps. I don't even remember exactly what it was. All I remember is I was on a phone call with him. I told him, I'm like, Alan, I could have done that. Like, I can suffer. My kids would think I'm the coolest mom in the whole world if I got a Guinness World Record. That's how they learned how to oh, read, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, kids love these things. 
And he's like, well, I'll think of something. I'm like, okay, fine. But listen, not growing pumpkins, not speed eating hot dogs, like not doing the crazy things in that record book. He's like, don't worry, don't worry. I'm like, okay. He calls her back a few weeks later and he's like, Jen, I've got the perfect world record for you. I'm like, okay. Kind of forgot about our conversation. Mm -hmm. He's like, I think you should be the first female to climb the seven second summits. I'm like, okay. I don't even know what the seven second summits are. Like what, like, what are they? And he's so like, are okay, there what? seven first summits and then there's seven second summits? Yeah. So the first summits have been done by maybe 500 and some people thus far, maybe mm -hmm. more since I've last read, but that would be the highest point on each continent. And the second hadn't been done by a woman. It only been done by one male. And he's like, listen, they're harder than the first seven. So really? they're respected in the mountaineering community. Yeah, How come they're not the first then? Just curious. Because it goes by height. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So just because something's taller doesn't mean it's more technical. Um, right. And so he's like, they're harder than the first seven. They've only been done by one male, seven continents, seven mountains, seven children. Mm -hmm. Kind of sounds like a jackpot to me. I'm like, kind of does. So I looked at it with my kids and I'm like, you know what? Travel the world, do something cool have impact on places that you visit. Like it checked all the boxes. Right. So I said, yes. And I exactly. started on that crazy quest. How long did it take you to do them all? It took me two and a half years because they have different climbing seasons. So you mm -hmm. can only climb Everest in May or you climb K2 in July. I didn't climb. I didn't summit every mountain the first time. So I had to go back and do some of them. And it, yeah, it just took, when I started, COVID was happening. So sometimes you had to wait for the country to open then right. you could go over there and do the climb. So yeah, it took two and a half years. Wow. That's impressive. It was crazy. Mm -hmm. And then you came back and kind of what happened next? The business, the book, what was, what was kind of the, the so trajectory? So it just got finished in June 1st of 2023. So that was when I summited Mount Logan, which is the second highest point for North America. So kind of my home base mm -hmm. uh, mountain. And in halfway through the process, I was going for a walk with a friend that's an author and my friend's like, you should write a book. Like these stories are so crazy. Like I love every one of them. And he goes, and if you write a book and pull some of those lessons out and make them bite-sized bits for people that are reading, you're going to have a lot of mm -hmm. impact. Yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. And I had a lot of downtime at base camp and the different things. So I'll start writing the story and all that kind of stuff. So when I finished the last climb, I was pretty much finishing the book working with an editor and some pieces like that. And the business has always been running in the background. So once I hired okay. myself out of a job, I still have been keeping tabs on what's going there. Um, the summer has been just, I've been training for a mm -hmm. mountain for so long and this goal for so long, it's been like, oh, wow, I have space to do things again, which is kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah. So what did you do? I mean, what did I do this summer? Yeah. Cause yeah, I think sometimes we, we, we work so hard towards one thing and when we achieve it, like you said, you know, it's kind of like, how do you pivot? How do you know what your next thing is? Yeah. I'm trying to not have a next thing. Mm -hmm. I think so many of us are always chasing something and always trying to fill our time and be doing. And I'm really trying to focus on just being, I mean, like, yeah. okay, this was a big thing. I'm really glad I did it. I'm giving myself a year before I get back in the saddle on something else that grabs my attention. I've been getting a lot of offers to do mm -hmm. different things. Um, a TV show, so a makeup line, like all these fun, different deals. I'm just like, I'm not doing anything yet. I want to take this time off and show my children that we don't have to be go, go, go all the time. 
We're allowed to have pursuits that draw us in. And then we're allowed to recharge and reconnect to what we want to do next. Mm-hmm. And I love that you use that word show, because I think so many times we try and parent our kids, teach our kids, tell our kids, but it's really what we show them, what we practice, what we actually show up and do that has the biggest impact on what they're going to walk away with. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I realized when I was like evaluating at the accident and everything was really raw, like I'm showing my kids that when they're adults, they give up their whole life to just be a parent and that's it. And I'm like, I don't want my kids to give up on their dreams or to give up who they are just because they're a parent. I want that to be an and, mm-hmm. not an all encompassing piece. And I think for so many women, when we become parents, you know, we do kind of go all in because it's our passion, because it's what we love. But when we let go of our boundaries, and that's all we are, and that's all we have. I mean, I can't think of how many times, you know, you talk to a new mom, and they're like, you're my first adult conversation in three days kind of thing, you know, and we lose ourselves in that we're not doing our our family, our kids ourselves any, any good. Right, right. And I, I mean, it was the first time for some of these climbs that I was gone for a week. I remember my first time, like, I've never been gone from these kids for a week. I mean, that's crazy. And so you go away for a week and the beauty of it is, is you realize, okay, the wheels don't fall off. Everybody Mm -hmm. seems to be doing okay. Maybe there are some areas that don't go as smooth as possible. And that identifies areas that you need to help get the family a little bit more independent from you and realize, hey, mom doesn't need to be the only one that knows where the tide is in the house. Mm -hmm. That's not okay. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, and I remember too, when I started kind of going back to doing my activities, being myself, my kids got to know a different side of me beyond, like you said, who, who makes the lunch, who gets the tide, who does all those things. And the conversations we had and the way our relationship started to change once they started to see me as a person and not just the person who does things for them was definitely very transformational in where we are now. They're adults, you know, they're out of the home and, and just being able to have that connection beyond what I do for them. Yeah, definitely. That's such a fun relationship to have mm-hmm. and let them see like mom has friends still. Mom does things. Mom isn't catering to me 24 <laughs> seven, even though yeah. they wish I still was. I promise you. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think they all do, you know, and definitely the fact that you learned how to take care of yourself and what you need. Are there other like smaller practices that you have on a daily basis that aren't as big as kind of training for the mountains? Yeah. You know, I build my calendar out by the week. Um, I look at it by the month to Mm -hmm. make sure that a lot of times we can set our calendar up and say, okay, this is what my week's going to look like. And then things happen. And Mm -hmm. so then meetings get canceled or shifted or they spill over and they take up family time. And I was flying back from a speech at the end of last month. And I remember looking man, I cut into a lot of family time and I like to pride myself on being a family first person. And if you look at my calendar, it doesn't look like that yeah. because I keep track of what I'm doing. And I was like, okay, so I need to be more conscientious of what am I booking? What am I letting reschedule? And am I staying within the boundaries I set so that my walk matches my talk? Right, right. And I hear a lot of insight. And I think that's part of the process that we don't always allow ourselves. We just want to do just tell me what to do. But that kind of acknowledgement and awareness is key as far as driving your actions, it sounds like. Mm -hmm, Definitely. I like to reflect and be intentional and make sure that I'm making the most out of life. And you do that by being honest with what you're doing and how Mm -hmm. it's looking and how it feels. And that allows you to make adjustments that feel right for yourself. Yeah. If 
If you were going to, someone listening right now and is thinking, okay, I, I want to take a step back and be more than just mom. What would be kind of one tip you'd give them or strategy as far as where to start? I would look at your calendar and say, okay, what are some things that I can overlap? Because none of us have extra time. Like mm-hmm. we all are maxed out on time and that's how we feel. I haven't yet to meet somebody that has a lot of free time that has children and a business and all this going on. So I would look at my calendar and see what types of activities I could bunch. Mm -hmm. So for example, if my kid had a soccer game, I might be the mom running or walking laps around the practice or doing 12 inch steps and doing. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, okay, so now I got to watch the game and I'm getting some movement in instead of just sitting there. And Mm -hmm. sometimes you do need to just sit there because you need to like unwind and just like recharge and let that time to just recover. But a lot of times we can do those different pieces. So I try to bunch as much. If my day's getting busy, we eat to go food. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is it ideal? No, but I would rather have everybody's mental health better than their like food health for the day. And mm-hmm. so we might order takeout and that just is what's going to happen because that allows me to spend more time doing what I want to do with them instead of all the time that goes into getting groceries and prepared and dinner and things like that. So I think it helps to have a list of things that you're willing to negotiate at any time and be like, okay, guess what? We went over on this meeting. How do I get time back? I get time back by, you know, saving laundry for the weekend, or I get time back by exercising at the practice, or I get time back by ordering takeout tonight because all of a sudden we get that time back. So you need to have things that are plus and minuses in your calendar so that you still feel in control and -hmm. get to appreciate what you're doing and not just be this robot doing. Right. And it sounds like too, definitely having options, which I always love to share is key because you don't know what it's going to look like on any given day and being able to have, like you said, you know, sitting one time you're connecting with other people and connections are part of your self-care, being able to pivot to different activities, find different things, makes it easier to fit in when you have those moments then. Yeah. You have them pre-planned. Okay. Here's how we add 10 minutes to our day. Here's how we take away 30 minutes to our day. This is what it looks like. (laughs) You know, maybe someone's going to shower in the morning instead of at bedtime. Okay. That's how it happened today. (laughs) And just the grace for the fact that life's going to happen. It's going to be messy and it's not about being perfect. It's about that progress of priority. And if your priority is your family, that's what you're making progress towards, not the perfection of what it needs to look like all the time, but just the majority. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. So what would you say are some of the things you're the most grateful for? Because I always think gratitude is a part of self-care that gets overlooked and being able to find those moments in our lives, not always the big ones, but you know, just the daily ones can really enhance that self-care. Yeah. So my gratitude practice looks probably pretty different than everybody's because Mm -hmm. the sitting down and writing my gratitude list just didn't work for me, my personality. So I, we call it the toothbrush talk at home. So when we're brushing our teeth in the morning and at night, what are you saying to yourself when you're doing that? And so I, we call it our toothbrush time and that's in the morning. It's thanking yourself for who you are, what you're going to do today, how you want to show up, and all the things that you're grateful for. And we do that at night when we brush our teeth before we go to bed. And that was just something I noticed in myself because when I was on a mountain, I didn't have a mirror. So I was brushing my teeth, like looking around the world, thinking everything's amazing. I came back home, started brushing my teeth in front of a mirror again in the bathroom. And I realized like my natural self-talk was, you need to pluck your eyebrows, what's wrong with your hair? (laughs) Like I was picking myself apart. Like, this is not helping anybody. Like, I'm not nicer because I'm being mean to myself right now. And so I make it a really important point that during that time I'm brushing my teeth, 
I'm not allowed to be negative. I'm only allowed to be grateful for things. We have a red light by our house. We're on the short side of the red light. So we get red lights all the time. I used to be grumpy about that. Mm -hmm. Only me is grumpy. The light doesn't care. It's red, Jen. Just you do. And I decided to turn that into our gratitude light. So every single time we hit that red light, it's a moment to pause. What am I grateful for? What am I thankful for? What am I looking forward to today? What happened today that I'm excited about? And my kids all know this. So they're like, red light, say you're thankful, you know, and like they go through their thing. And that's what gratitude works in our life. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times we have these shoulds. But you know what? It's helpful to be grateful, but let it look like something that works for you, not like what you're reading about, because maybe that doesn't work in your schedule and that's okay. Yeah. And those things get ingrained, you know, not just with us, but with our kids too. I love that though. That toothbrush talk is, it just sounds so magical because it is, that is when you start to notice your pores and your flaws and all your things. I think that is such a great habit to start. So if you're listening, you take one thing to start doing. I love that toothbrush talk or the red light and bring your kids in on it. It's those things that you say that even sound silly as they get older. My kids still will, you know, say it kind of jokingly, but they know every car trip we take, if we're on the road, I'd always be like, guys, look at the pretty, you know, like if we passed a cool view or something like that. And they still know they'll be like, Hey mom, look at the pretty, like, you know, it becomes part of who they are when you do those things regularly. Yes, definitely. I love it. So how can people find you, work with you and get a hold of that book? Yes, please. So jendrummond.com and Jen's with two N's. That will have a link to the Amazon. You can pre-order now. If you pre-order, you get a whole bunch of fun bonuses and some videos from some of the climbs and some different resilience hacks to help you with your day. And then all my social channels are on there. Some challenges that I'm running that you're welcome to be a part of. I do private coaching and private expeditions. So it's super fun. Awesome. And all those links will be live in the show notes below. So thank you so much, Jen, for joining me today and sharing your amazing miracle story and your journey. It's absolutely inspiring. Oh, well, I'm so grateful to be here. So thank you. Thanks so much again for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please let me know any questions or comments that you have. Also, if you can please leave an Apple five-star review so that this episode can be shared with more women. There's two quotes that I love. Alone we may be strong, but together we are stronger, as well as when women support each other, incredible things happen. So let's be stronger and incredible together, as well as maybe just have some fun along the way. Thanks so much and talk to you soon. Bye.